so thankful for uh, God's love uh, and his mercy to us. I, I hope you are uh, as well. So, well, I'll start uh, this morning by asking you uh, a question to make this a little bit uh, interactive and participatory. Uh, I want you to tell me what, uh, when you hear love, what, what do you think of when you think of, when you think of love? And your pastor can't, you know, I'll just give you that answer. And uh, so, all right, so nobody else can say that. That's, uh, but if you're watching online, go ahead and put it in chat and uh, Bill will holler it out for us. Uh, but when you think of, when you hear the word love, what, co- what comes to your mind? Patience. Don't have to be church. Okay, family. Okay. okay work. Okay, that's... I guess a good one. Uh, truth. Okay. Anything. The Lord. Yeah, good. Hearts. Okay. Anybody else? Those are all good answers. All right. Brother Bill, anything come up online? Okay. But those are all good answers. And, uh, you know, if a lot of times, uh, when we think about God, uh, hopefully we do. Uh, love is part of what uh, we think about because God does indeed love us, as uh, we sang uh, about this morning, and as you'll hear in God's Word. And hopefully, you experience that not just here this morning, but you experience all the time. At long suffering, uh, that, that's a good. That that is a good one. Yep, and so. Uh, you know, uh, this month being Valentine's Day, we're going to talk about love, but we're also going to talk about the opposite of love, hate. Uh, and it's interesting, uh, Seth got me thinking about this series several months ago, and he asked a question about uh, a verse and how the New Testament uses the word hate. I said, you know what, that'd probably make a good sermon series. And so hopefully it will. Uh, but, you know, uh, the Bible talks about things that the Lord loves, but it also talks about several things that the Lord hates. Uh, and so uh, next week, we're going to talk about love, what the Lord loves this week. Next week, we're going to talk about what does the Lord hate. Uh, and so, because uh, when we think about, uh, you know, you're not supposed to hate. Well, you're not supposed to hate people, and you're not, uh, but that, that's next week. I won't steal my, my thunder for my sermon next week. But uh, the, this side of, of love uh, is uh, an important part of who God is and how we experience him. Um, but where I was going with that before I got sidetracked, uh, you know what, we do need to know God's love. And it was God's love that, his love for us, that caused him to come himself and lay his life down for my sin and your sin and the sin of all the world. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord should be saved. But we also need to understand uh, that God isn't just love, that he's holy. And because he is a holy God, he is loving and he's merciful and gracious and all those things, but he also, because of who he is, also hates some things. And so we, we need to remember that it's kind of opposite sides of the same coin. But if you have your Bibles with me, I invite you to turn to 1 John uh, chapter 4. And 1 John chapter 4, we're going to read verses 7 through 12 uh, this morning. 
that, beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. And this is the love of God was manifested toward us, that God has sent his only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through him. In this love, not that we loved God, but rather that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has seen God at any time, but if we love one another, God abides in us, and his love has been perfected in us. So John talks about probably more than any other uh, Bible writer. Uh, Love is a central theme in the Gospel of John. It's mentioned uh, here in uh, this letter that we call 1 John. Uh, Instead of his writings, he's called the beloved disciple. Uh, And so uh, we learn a lot about love from uh, St. John. And one thing that I want us to see, you know, as we relate to this is that God does indeed love. And so this morning, let's mention three things that God loves. And the first thing that God loves is God loves people. That was the crux of what John was writing to this church um, or, or preaching to it. it, it there, there's a lot of elements of a sermon here in uh, 1 John, so it's possible that this was a sermon that he preached at a church um, that's recorded for us in, in written form. But it, John understood what love was because he knew Jesus. And the Bible, we need to remember and understand that John says you really can't know what God or what love is until you know who God is. And not just that you know who God is, but that you know him by name. He knows you, he created you, and he knows all about you. So that's not the question. The question is, do you know him? And that is perhaps the most important question anyone in the universe can answer. But the scripture is full of uh, verses and reminders that God loves people. He loves us so much, John 3.16 says, Remember, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. Whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. We find God's love even in the Old Testament. We oftentimes think of the Old Testament as just rules and you know, uh, God with a baseball bat waiting to whammo uh, you know, the Israelites when they mess up. But we find God's love and God's mercy even in the pages of the Old Testament. God loves people. Out of all of God's creation that God declared good, mankind was his favorite and is his favorite. And sin came in to this world 
by that creation that God loved more than anything else. So way back in Genesis, in Genesis chapter 3, as God pronounces judgment upon Adam and Eve and the serpent for their sin, he holds out this promise of hope, the first little glimpse of the gospel in verse 16 of, of Genesis chapter 3. He says, you know what, yeah, Satan, you're going to, you know, the serpent's going to bite at the heel. The son of man's going to stomp the serpent's head. So we find there this promise that God is going to fight for his people. And though God took Adam and Eve and put them out of the garden, he still loved them. And still took care of them, still was concerned about him. And so it's God's holiness and God's justice that perhaps drives him to love. But he does love you. And he loves all people. I'm thankful that God does not just love us when we love him. And I'm thankful he doesn't just love us when we deserve it. Because the reality is most of the time we don't deserve it. Most of the time, we're working, you know, do everything we can to work against God and to thwart His will for our lives and to thumb our nose at Him. And most people in this world, that's how they're living. And unfortunately, even sometimes we as Christians that name the name of Jesus as Lord and Savior sometimes get off track. And yet God still loves us. God did not love just a few he loved the whole world and that's evident from the very beginning of the story to the very end of the story in the book of Revelation we see as you read the Bible you see God's heartbeat not just for the nation of Israel not just for the Hebrews but for all people God why? because God made them God made you. And God knows you. There is a lot of hate in our world. We're going to talk about that next week. But, you know, um, I always forget who it was that sang it, but it's a, a song that many moons ago, uh, what the world needs now is love. It may just be the only thing that there's too little of in this world. Can I tell you? If it was true back in the 60s and 70s, it's true today. There is too little love in this world. And perhaps the reason there's too little love in this world is because there's too little God in this world. Because what did he say? You can't know what love is until you know God. And you've experienced God's love. The way the world loves, they'll love you if they can get something out of you. Or if you've done something, for, you know. But the minute you're against them or you're not convenient for them anymore, the love stops. But you see, God says that's not really what love is. Love is an eternal thing. And it's not just based on feelings. It doesn't come and it go. It doesn't wane true love, Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, is long-suffering, is patient, is kind, is serving, 
It doesn't demand its, its own way. So the Bible reminds us that God loves people. And we know that you're in church and you hear it, you know, you bumper stickers and all that. And we, we sang some great songs about God's love this morning. And you need to know it. And can I tell you, I don't care how much you know God loves you, you need to know it more. All of us do. But can I assure you of something else? There are people in your family and there's people in your neighborhoods and there's people in your workplace that God loves. And they're walking around thinking no one loves them. No one cares about me. And there may not be a person on earth that they've received love from, but there is a God that loves them. But here's something else that John tells us here in John chapter 4. We didn't read the verses, but later on he says, you know what, if, uh, he mentions it here uh, in one of the verses we did read, and then he mentions it again at the end of this chapter. He says, you know what, if God's loved you, you ought to love one another. And if God loves people, and we know he does, you ought to love people too. And there's some all of you here this morning, you're easy to love. And your pastor loves you and cares for you. And most of the time it's easy for us to love our, our family. But sometimes it's not, isn't it? <laughs> sometimes our loved ones test our love. And if we really love them, that we pass that test. But there are people in the world that hate it, call you names, maybe you know, want nothing to do with you, maybe have hurt you and harmed you. God says, you know what? You need to love them. You're not saying you don't put yourself in a situation where you can be harmed again, but love them. And part of loving is forgiveness. Part of uh, loving is caring for other people. And the scriptures remind us that we can't just love our friends. That the scripture says we have to love our enemies. Not just those that we just don't really care for, but those that we just downright hate and, and don't like and would assume evaporated. And the truth of the matter is those people that lash out, those sometimes may be the ones that God needs us to love on the most. And they may be doing some of the things that, because of hurt and because of isolation and feeling alone and, and not feeling love. And I tell you, this world is certainly not going to show them what true love is. And so John reminds us that God loves us and he loves, he loves the lost, he loves the found. But here's God's recipe for how God's Love gets to those that don't know about it. Those that have found it are supposed to show it. We're supposed to care for those that, and love on those. The widows, the orphans, the outcasts, those in prison, the, the outcast of society, God calls us 
to love. Why do we need to love them? Because God loves them. That's why. And that's reason enough. Now, is it easy all the time? It ain't. It's hard. But God expects us to. Because God loves people. And because God loves people, God's people must love When John uses the term, you ought to do it, he uses the same term here and he uses it in John chapter 13. He's talking about foot washing. The ought in the Bible is not, well, it would be a good idea. That's not the idea. John's saying, if you are a child of God, you will do this. You must do it. It has much more strength than we oftentimes give uh, that word. And so God loves people. But secondly, I want you to know, not only does God love people, the Bible also talks a lot about God loving justice. And that's something that our world talks a lot about today, but misuses the term terribly. And oftentimes what the world's seeking is justice is not really justice. But here's the thing. God is an all-powerful and almighty God that he assures us that justice will ultimately be found. And justice will ultimately be done. Psalm 37, 28 says, The Lord loves justice. He will not forsake his saints. They are preserved forever, but the children of the wicked will be cut. So God loves justice. He says later on in Psalm 33, 5, He loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of the steadfast love of the Lord. We understand that God is love. But part of God's love is reflected in justice. The right things happening. And the New Testament especially is pretty clear that God uses his people to bring about justice in this world. You are not only to be a vessel of love to this world. You are called to be a vessel of justice to this world. Well, what exactly does that mean? Part of what it means is that we help others. That we use the blessings and the gifts and the talents that God has given us to maybe alleviate the suffering of others. This is what has motivated the church for centuries to start schools and hospitals and orphanages senior centers. Because the church understands that God does not forget about those that society forgets about. It maybe means helping those that have been hurt by the sin of this world. It saddens me that Every day, even here in our nation, that 
there are men and women and, and children that are bought and sold. And that sex trafficking is not something that just happens in other countries, but goes on in our own country. And so God says, you know what? You, as my people, need to do something about that. You, as my people, need to help restore those that have, and help deliver those that have been um, found in, in that condition. You need to, to minister and help those that, that are abused. Oftentimes, it's those people that, that are hurt need to know God's love. But they're often hesitant to receive it because they've been hurt so badly. And so it's oftentimes difficult to build relationships and care for and love those that have been harmed. But God's love can put back broken pieces and broken lives. And God's love can make new again. And I'm glad for that. I know you are too. I know there have been a lot of times in my life where God has had to do some mending and some remaking. And the same is true in your life. And we interact with people all the time that are hurting, that have been abused, that have been forgotten. And God says, you know what? Those that society and the world have forgotten, you remember. And you help them to know that I love them because you love on them. When they experience, they see, and you're working to do the tough, tough, tough stuff to build relationships and share love with them, they eventually will you'll eventually start cracking those walls. And perhaps they'll find that, you know what, God does love them because you loved them. And so God loves people. God loves justice. Kind of hand in hand with justice is this last thing, that not only does God love people and justice, but God loves righteousness. In fact, Psalm 33, 5 that we read a moment ago ties those two things together. God loves righteousness and justice. Look with me at Psalm eleven seven. It says, For the Lord is righteous, and he loves righteous deeds. The upright shall behold his God is righteous. And so if God is righteous, God says my people should be righteous as well. Not that we're sinless because this side of heaven, you won't be sinless. But it's not being sinless that makes you righteous. What makes you righteous is knowing Jesus. And you see, the Bible says that when you accept Christ as your Lord and Savior and you surrender your life to Him and you're made new by Him, God takes your filthiness, your sinfulness, your brokenness, 
And he takes that away. And he replaces it with Christ's righteousness. Christ was absolutely 100% righteous and 100% holy. He was without sin. And that's why he was able to pay our sin debt. The sin debt that I owe for sin and the sin debt that you owe. Jesus was able to pay that because he didn't have sin in him. He was holy. And without blemish. And what God seeks us to understand is that when we found Jesus and his righteousness has been placed on our account and we become righteous, we act righteously. Now, the scripture doesn't talk about self-righteousness. There's a difference between righteousness and self-righteousness. The Bible condemns self-righteousness, but it commends righteousness. Understanding that as a child of God, you strive to do what is right. And that you seek to not only do what's right, but you seek to be right. That you seek to be in a relationship with God and you seek to know Him more and more every day of your life. You see, it's not enough just to be declared righteous and have righteousness applied to your account. What does he say? He said, God loves righteous deeds. Righteous people do righteous things, is what the scripture tells us. And so God expects us and desires for us to live after him and follow after him and do what's right. I want to share one last verse with you before we close this morning. Proverbs 15, 9. And this is what it says. The way of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord. But he loves him who pursues righteousness. Who is it that John says is the man or the woman that pursues righteousness? John says it's the one that loves. That loves the orphan and loves the prisoner and loves the widow and loves those that are downtrodden and forgotten. Those that are facing difficulty and those that are hurting. So what's the point? point is God loves you but who do you love and it's easy for us to say oh I love everybody preacher and if I were to ask you that's what you all every one of you would tell me yeah I love everybody but do we really it's one thing to say that we love everybody it is an entirely other thing actually love everybody. So, well, preacher, there's some people that don't deserve love. And you know what? You're absolutely right. There are some scoundrelly people in this world, and they don't deserve love, but 
Can I tell you, you don't deserve love either, and I don't deserve love. But God loved me. What did, he, what did John tell us in 1 John chapter 4? He said, God showed his love not that we loved him, but that he loved us. And that he came and was the propitiation or the substitute, the payment for our sin. It's a wonderful thing to know. And friend, we need to dwell on that. But God doesn't just love us when we're good. In fact, God loves us while we were just uh, blackened with sin. Before we even had an inkling of who God was, or that God wanted to have a relationship with us. God knew us. He knew our good and the bad and the ugly of us, and yet he loved us anyway. And the Bible says he pursues after us. And here's the thing. If God pursues after us that way because of love, because he loves people, and he loves justice, and he loves righteousness, kind of what's written in between the lines is if God loves people, God loves justice and God does justice. And God loves righteousness and God does righteousness. What's in between the lines is that God's people love people. And that God's people love justice and do justice. And God's people love righteousness and do righteously. And so God says to you, you fall in one of two categories this morning. One is that you don't know God's love and you've never experienced it or you've gotten away from God and it's been a long time since you've known God's love. If that's you this morning, God says, you know what, you, I love you and I know all the junk that's in your life. I know all that you've done and I love you anyway. Receive my love. And if you're here today and you don't know God's love, you need and can come to know that love today. But if you're not in that category, then you're in the second category. And you know God's love because you accepted God's free offer of salvation. And so God says to you, you know what? You know my love. And you know my justice. And you know that I love righteousness. So go and do it. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. Thank you for your goodness and your love to us. Lord, thank you that you love us. We don't deserve it. It. but you give it because you love. You love us so much that you are willing to give, and Lord, real love does call us always to give. Love calls to action. Lord, if there's someone here today or someone watching on Facebook or YouTube 
that doesn't know your love. They've never experienced that. Would you help them today to find that love? But Lord, for those of us that do know your love, and we've been changed by it, would you help us to go and do? Help us to be your hands and feet. Help us to go to that neighbor that's, that's hurting, that co-worker. Maybe that family member that we've been estranged from. Help us to be instruments of your love and your justice and your righteousness. Let's stand together and if God spoke to your heart and there's a decision you need to make, we invite you to make that decision. We want you to do that as we sing. The altars are open. If you want to come pray, you're invited to do that. If you want to just pray where you are, you can do that. Would you thank God for His love for you? And would you commit, Lord, I know you love me. Help me to do something with that love. Help me to leave the walls of this church and go out and love people the way you love people. Let's sing together. thankful for that reckless love of God and I hope you are too and friend I do plead if you don't know that love know it before this day is over but if you do know that love you show it before this day is over I want you I'll invite you to text me or put it on Facebook do something share with us how you shared God's love this week all right and so I'm going to be looking for some texts or some posts on Facebook um you know, I want you to go and do. So, thank you for being here today. Remember, next week, uh, our Super Bowl uh, Fellowship, 530 uh, next Sunday evening.